Welcome to the Healthy Family Project by Produce for Kids, covering the hot topics in the world of health, food, and family with a dose of fun. Today we welcome Dr. Stephanie Smith, mom of three, psychologist and founder of drstephaniesmith.com. She's experienced working in multiple settings, including hospital, community mental health, long-term care, school, and private practice. Her clients range from adults and couples to kids and teens. At Produce for Kids, we have been fortunate to have worked with Dr. Stephanie as a regular contributor to the Produce for Kids blog on ProduceForKids.com for nearly six years. We wanted to bring Dr. Stephanie to the show today, just in time for summer, to talk to us about managing screen time in our digitally immersed world. Hi, Dr. Stephanie. Welcome to the Healthy Family Project. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great to talk to you today. This is a this is a hot topic as we go into summer, but before we dive into those tips on managing screen time, can you tell us a little bit about you and the inspiration behind drstephanie.com? So I just started my blog um, quite a few years ago, just as a way to hopefully make psychology and mental health um, accessible to everybody. I really try to make my articles and tips um, easy to understand um, and easy for folks to read and, and actually take back um, to their own families and their own lives um, tips that they can implement right away. That's wonderful. It's definitely, you know, there's those topics. Of course, there is a time where you would want to seek you know, out a psychologist to talk to one-on-one, but I know that there are a lot of questions that parents and families that we have, and it's so important to have that accessibility, um, you know, right there, right there online. So we thank you for that. And we thank you for all that you've been, you know, the information that you've provided to our Produce for Kids families as well. So... So we live in a day and age that our kids from a very young age have interaction with electronic devices, whether that be an iPad or, you know, a tablet, uh, computers. I know there are a lot of, you know, the Game Boy type of things out there. So what are your recommendations on helping families set guidelines on screen time? Well, you know, I think there's there's actually quite a bit of research going on all the time about um, screen time and kids and, and adults too, and how much is too much, how much right. is okay. And the American Academy of Pediatrics just last year revised their guidelines. And so what they're saying is, and, and they're really the gold standard um, for these types of things. And what they're saying is um, children under two should really not have any screen time at okay. all. So that's meaning, you know, television, handheld devices, tablets, computers, um, that we should really try to not introduce those to kids under two. Oh, and wow. then okay. kids ages two to five, um, and this is a new guideline um, just last year, they're saying they should be limited to one hour per day or less, of course, would always be good. Um and then children over five, um, you know, up through teenage years should have two or less. It becomes a little more complicated um, with the older kiddos once they hit elementary and middle right. school and high school because so much of their schoolwork can be on screen. Yes. So they do make the distinction that 
those school hours on screens or homework on screens is not, um, does not count in this overall screen time. Oh, okay. Um, so, but of course, you know, families are going to have to make their own decisions about that. They may decide, you know, you get enough in school, we're not going to let you do any at home. Um, but anyway, that's, that's what the American Academy of Pediatrics says. So two years and under zero screen time, you know, minutes or hours of screen time per day, two to five is one hour per day and over five or six and over, um, two hours or less. Okay. So I think that knowing those recommendations are important because these are the folks that are doing the research, um, you know, that they have the most up-to-date information about screens and how it affects mental and physical health. Um, but beyond that, of course, each family needs to set their own priorities and guidelines about what works for them. Um, and I think the best first step with that is to just have a conversation um, between mom and dad or grandparents or caregiver, whoever is involved in setting up schedules for the kids in the house. Um, those folks need to get together and almost treat it like a meeting as you would at work to talk about this stuff and, you know, what, what do we want? What do we want our family to look like? What do we want our kids' lives to look like? Um, and kind of go from there. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's good to hear those, the guidelines, you know, that have been set out there, um, you know, to, it's, I think it's, would be surprising to a lot of parents because of how much screen time, um, I think our kids, our kids really get these days. Uh, we've mm -hmm. started a new thing in our house where, and I know another, uh, mom on our produce for kids team is doing the same thing. We both have kids the same around the same age, seven and 11. So, um, we say these are these are yours, but they stay here. You know, they have a, a location, and essentially, you have to come and sort of check them out. And so, it helps them understand. Okay, this isn't just always accessible to me. It's in a spot. I have to kind of, you know, like a library book or something like that. Like I check it out. I have this amount of time to spend. So, do I want to spend my time right now, or is there, you know, later this evening, or am I going to want to? You know, so, so they kind of get, it helps them understand that while it is, is their device, essentially it, there's a time, you know, there's time constraints, right. the place where it belongs. And so that has been helpful in our house. Cause we were a little, getting a little bit out of, out of hand, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to do. <laughs> yes. So I think, you know, we know these guidelines, um, but what is your advice on, on keeping it? keeping these guidelines in place. So we know an hour for this certain age. And I, I guess I kind of talked about what we've been doing that, that really has been working for us. Do you have any advice to help parents? Cause I know, you know, you're in the restaurant, you're waiting for your meal to come. You have the toddler. It's just so easy to pass over that, that phone and, you know, kind of occupy them in that way. So I guess how do, how do we parents, <laughs> <laughs> How do we stay on track? Well, I think that's that's the million dollar question, right? Because of everything you just said, it it's it can be hard to accurately estimate how much time we're really letting our kids spend online or in front of screens. 
Um, it can be hard when we're in, like you say, a restaurant or in a meeting and we just need them to be quiet. And this is, this is a pretty good way to get them to be engaged so we can focus on something else. Um, so I guess the first thing I would say is give yourself and your kids some grace. Like none of us is perfect. Um, we're not going to be perfect. They're not going to be perfect. Um, and that's not the point. The point is just to be mindful and planful about screen time in general. Um, because the, the natural tendency is for it to just sort of take over our lives. Like you were saying, like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden the kids are spending like way more time on screens than we thought because we're not being very planful about how we're going to monitor them or use them. Um, so like I said, I think it's important to work toward having a little more control and, and a little more structure, but also giving yourself grace to know that some days are going to be worse than others. Sometimes right. you're going to get the stomach flu and they're going to watch five movies. It right. Is, it is. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just, you know, that's okay. Um, but I, one of the things that's really helped in my family and my kiddos are a little bit older than yours, almost 14, almost 12. And then I have a six year old, um, you know, they really need to have their phones a lot of the time because they're not with me a lot of right. the time. I need to know where they are. Um, so we found that one of the things that helped us eliminate the struggle we were having, the fights we were having, like, get off your phone, get off your iPad, was to look into some of these parental monitoring apps. Um, and, I, and I'm not like an owner of any of these apps or anything, but it really helped us to do some research into what was out there and then install one of the apps that lets us manually set a schedule for when our kids can be using screens and when they can't. And the one we use, we can also set it up in a way where, you know, maybe they get two hours a day total. And once they've hit that two hours, it just shuts off. So what that allows us to do is just not engage in that back and forth that I think happens in so many households, like get off the phone, just a minute, I'm almost done with this game. Right. No, yep. I said now. No, I <laughs> You know, it's like this, that becomes the big drama, right? It's not even so much the screen time after that. It's just this chaos and yelling. Um, so I do think it's important to look into the tools and resources that are out there to see what might fit your family's needs best. That's great advice because that it truly makes so much sense to just identify the time. Everyone's aware this is when it shuts down. So you avoid those interactions that can be not so fun. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So what are your thoughts? So I'm, I feel like everywhere we turn, there's screens. So how can we teach our kids about screen time in a way that they learn to respect a balance between their surroundings and the time spent on their device? And so they really do understand why we're saying get off of your tablet or get off of your phone. So I think one of the the best things we can do as parents is just to engage our kids in conversation. Um, obviously, it, 
at a developmentally appropriate level, but just be talking to them about these kinds of things and hearing their feedback. So for example, one of the other things the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends is helping kids understand the difference between an advertisement and just regular content, um, like a TV show versus an advertisement or a vlog versus an advertisement. And, And I don't know that it's ever super useful to just be lecturing our children, but to engage them in conversation, like, what do you think the differences are? How can, how can you know if something's an ad or something is, is regular content? Um, what do you, how do you feel when you're, you see an ad for, you know, cereal? Does that make you like want the cereal? Does that make you think twice about having an egg? I mean, so I think that's just a little example, but I think those types of conversations can be great for all sorts of tricky things that come up about, you know, online content, um, just in general. Um, you know, as our kids get older, we, we want to start having conversations about what they're posting online and what the ramifications of those things are and um, understanding truth versus fiction online, you know, so I think, again, just opening up this dialogue, this back and forth, you know, tell me what you think, what are you hearing? What are you thinking? I think that can be the best way um, to help them strike a nice balance between um, their physical surroundings and what they're experiencing online. Right. That's an excellent point. And I think in in today's day and age, it becomes hard even for adults sometimes to differentiate what is an ad and what is not an ad because it's just, it's, (laughs) it's hard. It really is because the content, you know, it's not a back in the day where it was like, this is advertising and this is your editorial or, you know, it's so intertwined that it can be difficult for everybody. That's right. And I think that's why it's nice to set up that conversational tone um, because you know, there are going to be times when our kids are going to teach us things and we want the flow of direction to yes. or flow of information to go both ways um, and not, you know, just we're the expert all the time. Right. Because we're not. No. And I tell my daughter, my daughter's that all the time, you know, I'm learning from you too. So I'm not <laughs> perfect. Although they do think that, you know, I've never made a mistake in my life, but oh, I say, listen, I have promise you I am learning right along with you um but I've had more time <laughs> here yeah. so I can offer a little more advice to you guys absolutely okay so what if you're a family that's already in way too deep with screen time habits that aren't so great you know how do you get back to the start I had a conversation um my la- on our last podcast with Holly Granger and my question was it I and when I was thinking about talking to you today, I said, this is essentially the same thing. How do you take that bag of Doritos away after they've been eating it for so long? So how do you say, okay, you've been on your screen for however long you want to be every day, but now we're going to go to an hour? Well, I think, again, the first um, step in that is making sure that whoever are the adults, whoever are making the decisions are all on the same page. So that may take a while, a few weeks, a month, a couple months to really hammer out, okay, what are we going to do? 
Are we going to use parental monitoring apps? Are we going to allow this or that or the other thing? So whatever it is, make sure everybody's on the same page and has a good sense of it. And then I think the next step is talking to your kids, again, at an age-appropriate level, but giving them a heads up, like, hey, we have been working on this for the last few weeks. We're going to be cutting back on screen time. This is why. Um, And we're going to start next Monday. So I just want to give you a heads up that this is what's going to happen and this is how it's going to work. You know, giving them plenty of notice rather than just they wake up one morning and everything's shut off. Nobody does well with that. No. (laughs) Kind of surprise. So again, just talking about it, giving them plenty of warning. Um, Make sure there's good structure in place, but also realizing that you you may need to tweak the plan a little bit. And there might be some acting out as kids get used to the new situation, but that's okay. Um, You know, over time, it will become the norm. Um, So I think that that can be a good plan. Um, But again, remembering we're human, none of us is perfect. There's going to be bumps in the road. That doesn't mean it's not worth it. Um, But but kind of having the expectation that you'll need to give yourself and everyone else a little grace in the process. That's great advice. I know that, you know, parents that, and families that I've talked to, like, oh my gosh, I'm at this point. It just needs to stop tomorrow. I'm going to, you know, shut everything down. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I remember the days being at the playground where you'd read the parenting books when they would say, give your kids the 10 minute. Okay. We're going to leave in 10 minutes. We're going to leave in five minutes. And how much easier it was for us to leave at that point rather than it's time to go now. That's when the tantrums happen. That's a great way to think about it. No, Uh you're exactly right. Um, But uh, yeah, that's a good thing to keep in mind. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. So now we've talked a lot about kids because, you know, our, us as adults, we never have too much screen time. So, <laughs> so what happens when we're preaching about screen time and setting boundaries, but have a problem putting our own devices down? How do we check ourselves to make sure we're setting a good example for our families? So, you know, this is, this is a tough one for sure. And as I was thinking about having this conversation with you today, I tried to be honest with myself about how much I'm on my phone in particular Mm -hmm. and decided to download an app that (laughs) on my my use of my phone and sort of compared my version of what I thought to the reality of like, how much I'm actually logging into my phone, how much time I'm actually looking at different apps and things. And it was uh, sobering, mm-hmm. to say the least. Um, so I think that would be my first tip for folks. Um, all of us are, are generally pretty bad reporters of what we do in reality. Right. Um, you know, like, oh, I only have one small cup of coffee a day. In actuality, <laughs> it's five large mugs. Like, you know, uh-huh, exactly. We, we just kind of all are that way. So I think it can be useful, again, to use the resources that are, are available to us to maybe use one of these monitoring apps, even, you know, for a few days or a couple weeks to really understand our own behavior. Um, 
online or on screens. And then um, if, if we don't feel like what we're doing is consistent with what we're asking our kids to do, you know, maybe we need to make some tweaks on our own before we dive into changing our kids' behavior. Um, so if that means, you know, oh my gosh, I'm like on the screen 90% of the time between 5 p.m. and 9 p.m., yikes, that's not really consistent with what I'm asking the kids to do. Right. Um, I'd like to get that down to 10% of the time or whatever. Um, so I think that can be a good um, initial step in, in creating this larger change within a family system um, is challenging ourselves to be um, really in line with our overall goals. Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I think, I think a lot of, a lot of adults would be surprised if they downloaded one of those apps and, you know, or one, one of those monitoring and, and saw, cause you know, you're on for a couple minutes here, you're on for a couple minutes there, you're at the doctor's office, you're, you know, and, and so yeah. I think that it really makes sense to literally check yourself <laughs> and, right. and look at those numbers. Um, and, and so sometimes it's hard cause you know, a lot of us use our phones for work purposes too. I know I do a lot on the go. And so, um, you know, it, it, sometimes I find myself explaining to my kid, you know, they'll say, well, you're on your phone. And I'm like, oh, I'm answering an email, you know, like I have to, I have to handle this right now. And so right. um, and that adds an, even an extra um, level, you know, to that. But I, I, what I've tried to do just recently, cause we, we're, we spend a lot of time pool time. So I thought, you know what, instead of when we're out at the pool, I'm going to take a book or a magazine or something like that, just so every time I'm out sitting by the pool, I'm not scrolling, 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 because I want, you know, I, I so that's my little effort <laughs> yeah. recently, you know, like if I just make this attempt to like stop myself and get out there and show, you know, and I do enjoy, you know, I enjoy my book. I enjoy my magazines. It's just that when I have my phone, it's just the easier thing to do. And then you just get lost in the scrolling. Right. Right. I think you're right. And a lot of times it's just mindless. It's not necessary. Right. Um, yeah. There are times when we have to be on it, but, um, there's probably many, many more times that we don't. <laughs> right. What are your thoughts? Are there, uh, I mean, I know there's a lot of information out there. So long-term effects that could result from too much screen time. I think a lot of people feel like screens are everywhere. So why even try to limit it? It's the wave of the future. It's where, you know, they're learning things there. They're on the screens for school. Why, you know, what could it possibly affect for the long run? Well, I think there's a few things about that. One we don't really know what the long-term effects are because we, they haven't been around for a long time. True. Um, so I think, unfortunately, we won't really know until our kids are grown. Right. <laughs> if there are any long-term effects. So, so that's one piece of it. Um, the other piece of it is even if there are no long-term effects to a lot of screen time in childhood, um, hopefully that's the case. Um, but we do know that we only have so many hours in the day. So if we're, we or our children are spending a lot of time on screens, that necessarily means we're not spending time doing other things that we know for sure are healthy, like 
um, engaging in physical activity or reading a book or engaging in face-to-face social interactions. Um, I mean, time is not unlimited. So um, I think it's, it's maybe important to kind of think about it in that way. Um, Like what, what else could we be doing or could I be doing with my time that I know for sure is good for me and for sure good for the family if I were to put my phone down? Um, so I don't know if that's helpful or not, but that's kind of how I, how I try to think about it. Right. No, I, I like that point of view because it's not necessarily – well, you know, your your brain or, you know, these are the long-term effects, but because you are taking that time away from doing those other things, being active, hiking, biking, swimming, you know, whatever else you could be doing and you're choosing to to be on the screen instead of those things, those could those could be definite effects on our society. Sure. Right, exactly. So Lots to think about, but I love, you know, the whole mindfulness and, you know, balance and, and it's just, you know, we aren't perfect and, and that's okay. And (laughs) we'll get it figured out. But I think just having this conversation, I'm so happy we were able to talk to you today, especially with, you know, summer upon us, because I know so many of, of my friends have said, you know, you know, kids are in camps, but they're maybe done earlier than than they are usually, or they're with grandparents or, or different, um, you know, people looking after them during those summer months. And it is a definite concern, you know, that's Mm -hmm. green time. So, um, good information. So I cannot thank you enough for being part of the healthy family project and for your expert contributions to the produce for kids audience on our blog. I know we've been, we've, we've had the pleasure of working with you, I think around been around six years now and um you know just the value of the information that you can share with our families you know with being a psychologist and and helping us along the way in this this uh wondrous world of of parenting so um so besides finding you on the produce for kids blog can you tell listeners where they can find you are you out there on social media um so that they can kind of tap into you where you are yeah, so folks can find me um, at drstephaniesmith.com. Um, I post regular blogs, um, articles about lots of different kinds of things, families, parenting, technology, um, all how all of that works in with mental health. And then um, I'm also on Twitter, and my Twitter handle is Smith. Wonderful. Well, thank you again. And we'll be sure I'm sure there'll be other topics um, coming up. We'd love to have you back. But thank you for your time today. I hope your summer is off to a great start. Thank you so much. I'll look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for listening in today. Dr. Stephanie does a monthly Ask the Psychologist blog post for us. And we welcome any questions you're interested in having her answer. We are really lucky to have her as a resource and want to be sure we are providing you with the solutions you need. Feel free to send us a direct message on any of our social outlets or leave a comment 
on any Ask the Psychologist blog post on ProduceForKids.com, and we'll definitely see those. I'll be including links to Dr. Stephanie's most recent posts in the show notes. Be sure to check those out. And then stay tuned for new episodes we'll be releasing every other Friday. You can visit our website, ProduceForKids.com, for more than 400 registered dietitian, family-approved recipes, tips, and more. We also generate regular content on our social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and Instagram, as well as YouTube. And you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and your favorite podcast site. Also visit HealthyFamilyProjectPodcast.com to leave us a comment. Be sure to subscribe. Talk soon.